Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. Ko Vaya Tokumonga, Ko Pacifica Tokuawa, Ko E New Zealand Tokuaka, um, Ko Salai Lua Toku Iwi, No Ngati Hamo Aho, Ko Lupe Matasila Nu Savili, uh, Sangai Muli, Leatua Levao, Me Seruia Okumatua, Ko Makerita Toku Ingoa, Noreda Tenakoto, Tenakoto, Tenatato Katoa. In my um, Pepeha, I acknowledge. Um, my Samoan heritage, which I'm very proud of. I also acknowledge the legacy of my parents who came to New Zealand, um, seeking the fulfilment of the promise of a new way of life, full of hope and full of opportunities. And um, this has similarities to the people of Israel and their hope for the coming of the kingdom of God, especially in the era that our current Blessed series um, is set in. So our blessed series is about the Beatitudes. And if you're new to the series, you can catch it on our Facebook page um, and uh, podcast platforms, which you can find on our website. Um, But this morning, um, we are looking at the verse that you can see on the screen in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. And I'm going to begin with a a really quick recap of where we're joining Jesus' story. And then we're going to get up close and personal with this thing called mercy. And I'm going to finish off with an invitation um, or an encouragement for us as we walk alongside each other um, in in living out the Beatitudes. So the Beatitudes are at the start of the Sermon on the Mount. Now, some, the Sermon on the Mount has some of Jesus' most simple and yet most challenging um, teachings. So, you know, these are just some of the teachings which you will find in chapter 5 alone, right? And he talks about salt and light, making a difference to everything we touch. Um, he talks about law, being authentic and not hypocritical. Um, he talks about anger. You know, we need to sort out our Araudaru people. And he talks about infidelity and adultery, right? He um, also covers empty promises, like don't say anything you don't mean. Um, I love the way the message puts it. And it says, just say yes and no. Um, When you manipulate words to get your own way, you go wrong. Pretty simple. Um, He talks about... Loving your enemies, right? And Jesus invites us to love those people. Yeah, I'm pointing to the South African in his shirt over there. But um, he invites us to love those people, right? And, um, excuse me, like Jesus, like Jesus, the world's most um, well-known pacifists have left an incredible impression um, on generations, right? Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Um, Mahatma Gandhi, Muhammad Ali, yeah, and closer to home. 
despite the ongoing takeover of their lands, the western um, Taranaki settlement of Parihaka came to symbolise peaceful resistance to the confiscation of Māori land. Um, and led by Te Fiti o Rongomai and Tohu Kākahi, children sang out waiata and women offered fresh loaves of bread to troops that marched onto that land and did things on November the 5th, 1881, that has left it being known as Te Rā o Te Pāhua, the day of plunder. The children of Parihaka have continued living out loving their enemies and they finally received a government apology in 2017 for their demonstration of mercy to their attackers. So let's get up and close um, with this thing, mercy, right? We're going to start by considering how the, or the Beatitudes connection with the kingdom of God, right? Jesus was all about the kingdom of God. The vineyard is all about the kingdom of God, right? Scriptures, Jesus refers to the kingdom of God. And so we're going to look at Beatitude's connection with the kingdom of God. And to help us look at that, um, let's look at this definition that I um, stumbled across, right? How to live a life that is dedicated to and pleasing to God free from hypocrisy, full of love and grace, full of wisdom and discernment, right? And I love this because it starts with how to live, not how to behave. The Beatitudes aren't some sort of behaviour modification tool, and I know all of those, yeah? So as, um, as we look at, at this verse, right, I, I'm going to see if this might help people stay awake. Um, I'm going to use this linguistic aid, right? It's a very Kiwi linguistic aid. It's called the chirt, right? So if you, you know, and I had some chirt moments as I was doing this, so as I was preparing for this. So if you have a chirt moment, feel free. Um, if I don't hear no chirs, oh well. Um, so chirt number one for me, right? With the Beatitudes, Jesus is giving his disciples a window into how he ticks, into what it is to live out the kingdom of God. And although we're taking time over this five-week series to look at each Beatitude individually, they're actually all intrinsically interrelated. Yeah? They're all about the same person, um, the one who calls themselves a disciple the follower of Jesus, the apprentice, and they are always rewarded with access to the kingdom. This week, we come to um, verse 7 of chapter 5. Um, I heard a church, <laughs> um, and, and um, of verse 7, and, and it might be helpful for you to know that the religious leadership in Jesus' day tended toward being quite merciless, um, and it was because of their demand, their demand for a religious black and white following of law as it's written. Now, that was a commendable motive, because what did they want? They wanted the people of Israel to be pure. But their behaviour, right, it was harsh. It shamed. It produced condemnation on those who didn't meet their standards. And here is Jesus presenting to the disciples a new way of purity. 
the Father's heart of mercy, and that is through being merciful to others that they will receive mercy. Um, my second one is the, the unique structure of this beatitude, right? Um, it is unique to the others because um, the promised reward, which is you will be shown mercy, the promised reward is identical to what it calls us to. And in Luke chapter 6, verse 36, um, it says, you know, be merciful, because this is another of Jesus' invitation. He says, be merciful just as your Father is merciful. So another one of Jesus' invitations is to practice mercy, and it links our receiving his mercy as being essential to our motivation to practice it. Scripture shows this deep connection between our relationship with God, but also our relationship with each other, our relationship with each other, and our relationship with God. You just can't get away with it, or you can't get away from it. So what's mercy look like? Yeah? Now, if I were to ask you um, to describe merciful people, um, could I have something from this um, section of the church? Describe merciful people. Just one person, please. One thing. Generous. Thank you. And from this side? Compassionate and forgiving. Thank you. Ah, you thought I was going to forget you. Um, one thing from this side. Gen merciful. Sorry? Loving. Loving. Yep. And merciful people from the six people on this side of the room. <laughs> kind. Right? There are more than, I mean, there's many English words that expresses the idea of mercy. It has lots of aspects, right? Kindness, loving, forgiveness, yeah? um, goodness, compassion, patience, right? Now, in the um, Old Testament, um, the Hebrew word that's used is kesed. No, I didn't cough. Um, but kesed is about the attitude of a human or of God arising out of mutual relationship. So if we have mutual relationship, the heart of relationship is generosity and beneficial action, right? And mainly the term is used about God's relationship with his people. It's mutual and there's action. In the New Testament, the word for mercy is eleu, and this is compassion in action, right? So mercy isn't just a feeling, it's active, it's an action. And so um, when we look at it, and in Matthew, like in the rest of the Sermon on the Mount and in his gospel, Matthew chapter 9, chapter 15, chapter 17, people come to Jesus and they're coming for help, asked for in terms of mercy. Have mercy on me, son of David. Have mercy on my daughter. And inwardly, Jesus had compassion because of their helplessness, right? And the Hebraic and Aramaic concept of mercy is that it comes from our innermost being. Yeah? So um, the root, you know, the root word for mercy is the root word for womb. So it's a guttural thing. Yeah? It's, um, it isn't just some well-meaning intent. And it isn't a feeling, it's intentional and derives from the notion of grace rather than from obligation. 
So the, the other um, point that I want to make around um, getting clo up close and personal, the other observation, is that mercy is about not getting what we deserve. Right? Mercy is a central biblical theme. So let me um, describe to you what I mean by this, right? Because you could say our faith hinges on the idea that God gives us not what we deserve, but he gives us mercy, right? Um, so what do we deserve? Well, I know what I deserve, right? Because I deserve to get called out, right? Um, and I think we deserve to get called out for those critical remarks, for complaining, for sitting in judgment of others, including Kanye West, yeah? For rejecting, for rejecting the refugee or the homosexual, for behavior that shows no respect of others and no respect of life. We actually deserve condemnation and judgment, but instead we receive mercy. So Romans um, chapter 8, verse 1, right? Um, the Apostle Paul beautifully reminds us there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So my third observation around mercy is mercy is about not giving someone else what they deserve, right? So, so what do we do with people who've wronged us, right? What am I to do with someone who's betrayed me or spread lies about me? What am I to do with someone who attacks my integrity? And my integrity is a really important value. Yeah, integrity is an important value of mine. But what am I to do with the person who's lied to me over and over again and they don't even call it lying because they can always justify it, excuse it, laugh it away. They even blame me for it, right? What do we do with the people who have wronged us? Jesus calls me, he calls us not to give them what I think they deserve because you know what I think they deserve, right? <laughs> They deserve to feel my pain, right? Um, I want to teach them. I want them to pay. But the heart of Jesus is for me to be merciful, for us to be merciful, that we might be showing mercy, right? Now, I have an addendum to this, right? Um, yes, I used addendum <laughs> in the sermon. Um, God also loves justice, yeah? If you are in an unsafe relationship and you are physically, emotionally, psychologically unsafe, I would suggest that the most merciful thing that you can do is to get support, put boundaries in place, and follow through with those boundaries, right? Because that is the merciful thing that you can do for the other person, let alone for you and your loved ones around you. So how? How am I supposed to be merciful, right? And this is our invitation and encouragement today. How am I supposed to be merciful? Well, it's the F word, forgiveness. Yeah? When Jesus instructs his disciples how to pray in Matthew chapter 6, which is part of the Sermon on the Mount, there are links to the Beatitudes, in particular, for this morning's verse, we connect Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. And what most of us have heard is, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. I love the Passion Translation of this, which is on the screen there. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release 
action, forgiveness to those who have wronged us. There's this lovely book um, called Eight Doors of the Kingdom, Meditations on the Beatitudes, um, by a French priest called Jacques Philippe. And uh, now here's a man who knows that this forgiveness thing isn't easy, right? It's not just about some PowerPoint or reading some scripture. Um, It isn't easy. He describes it as the narrow gate of forgiveness, Now, I like that because when I don't want to forgive, it helps me to get all sassy and say things, well, Samoan Princess didn't bring her narrow gate body today. Um, And, you know, know, I've experienced that even when I've chosen to forgive, because I've got to get to a point of choosing to forgive, when I haven't refused to forgive, that the journey from forgiveness to peace can be quite a long one. Right? Mainly because it, um, mainly because it looks like that. Yeah? So it looks like a bowl of spaghetti. Um, it's never, it's never straightforward. And, uh, and, you know, in the midst of it also, you know, there are highs and lows and sometimes there's full-blown anger in the midst of it. But, um, you know, you're still journeying towards peace. Because when peace isn't at the end of that, I'm pretty sure forgiveness might be at the beginning of it, right? It'll be revenge. So, the Apostle Paul helps us to understand how mercy is outworked. And he does this in Romans chapter 12, verses 14 to 21. And he talks about having compassion for others, right? Including those who you feel attacked by. He talks about forgiving wrongs. He talks about even taking care of the wrongdoers if they are in need. And he ends that passage by speaking of these things, forgiveness and mercy, to being like heaping burning coals on the enemy's head. Right? Um, Sounds brutal, probably appealing to some of us, but it's actually about a process to do with metal. You place an ore onto a bed of hot coals and then you heap hot coals over the top of it and it creates a purification process, right? Impurities to the core of that ore, impurities are melted away and you get to the heart, right? By being merciful, we are literally melting someone's heart. Yeah, we rather than you know us seeing each other um, with eyes of anger and bitterness, we get to see each other with pure motives. We get to see someone's purity, even when they can't see it. Um, so, so blessed are the merciful. Yeah, blessed are those who don't refuse to forgive even for the South Africans who took our World Cup. Um, <laughs> blessed are those who turn the other cheek. Yeah? See, Graydon's turning the other cheek. Um, blessed are those who choose to live out the kingdom of God. For they will be shown mercy. They will know forgiveness. They will not be condemned when they falter. And they will know what it is to fully live out the kingdom of God. By exercising mercy, we're engaging 
in the things of the kingdom of God. And that's a home run, yeah? The ultimate source of forgiveness and of compassion, of mercy, is the merciful heart of the Father. And so this morning I want to finish off with an um, invitation. Yeah. If you are, um, you know, if you are thinking, hey, I kind of need a touch of that merciful heart of the Father, then I'd love for you to come forward and we'll pray for you. Why doesn't everyone stand? Don't come forward yet. Let's everybody stand. All right. Because as I, um, you know, was preparing this, um, I really had the sense that um, when I talked before about those people, that there are some people here who, um, who have those people that they really want to receive God's merciful heart towards, right? Because there are some people who actually carry merciful heart for those people, yeah? We've got Karen here who works at Parenting Place and who, she's got the Father's heart of mercy for our parents and for the children of this nation, yeah? And we've got Mel here who has a ministry which most of you probably don't even know about, right? But she has this gifting and, and so she has the Father's heart of mercy for women, yeah? And for women who are struggling. And then we have people who are in various social positions. You know, we've heard from Ian um, in our congregation who has carried the Father's heart of mercy for children, that they are not disadvantaged, right? The children who are in these places, he's a voice for them. He's the Father's voice for them, right? So for those of you who are like, I know, I know the people yeah? Is it the people out at Ihumato, right? Are they the people that you thought, yeah, there goes those people again, right? Are we talking about the, the people who um, are always at the skate park keeping me up all night, right? Those people. And so let's invite for you the Father's heart. Um, so why don't you come forward if anything resonates with you with what I said and, um, and let's, let's allow God to, um, to fill you with his heart of mercy. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.